Buddy the dog is on his very best behavior today. So we thought we'd celebrate by recording a whole bunch of the noises that he makes. And we're not even going to try to edit them out. We've been shielding you from Buddy Noise, trademark. Today, it's all hanging out. It's partly because he's just been so good. We have a whole bunch of stuff that we need to get out of our minds and onto audio. Into audio? Into audio. And I know you're going to have fun because you're actually listening this far. So good. Here we go. My niece and her husband, Orion and Ariel from Saskatoon, they said, hey, we're in town. You guys want to do something? And I, you know, we responded, yeah, coffee or lunch tomorrow or something like that. And then they came right back. We're going to rent a boat and go out tomorrow. You want to do that? <laughs> we said, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I haven't really done hardly any boating in the lower mainland. Me either. Yeah. So we met them down at Granville Island. There's a little boat rental place right at the tip of Granville Island where the little water taxi comes yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we offered to split with them. They goes, no, absolutely not. We were going to rent this boat whether you're coming or not. It's just we're doing it, right? And so they wouldn't accept anything. Is it like a Zodiac? No, it was a powerboat. It was, uh, I think it would be a six-seater. Um, two facing forward, two right behind facing backward, and then a bench at the back. So oh, the standard. Seven. Yeah. 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 And it was a powerful enough engine and everything. And so, yeah, we watched the uh, safety video. Only Orion was given the license to operate because mm. in Vancouver, you can get a temporary kind of boat operating permit through this rental thing. <laughs> Budsy. Well, I can't see from here. What is it? It's a funnel. Oh, it's a dog dish, isn't it? No, it's a, it's oh. a retired funnel. Oh, it's a funnel. Wow. What an He's going to chew thing. on the funnel for the next half hour. Isn't he sweet? Little plastic thing that happens to be lying around. <laughs> yeah. That's at least the third one he's gone through. I could not believe how many rules and regs there you needed to know to drive a, a powerboat through Vancouver Harbor. Yeah, I think it's the harbor part. Well, who knows? It's been a hundred billion years since I thought about driving a powerboat. There's a lot going on in there. Like there's a lot of shallow spots. Surprising. And they go on for long distances away from the shore. You know, as you, as you leave False Creek, then you're, you're headed towards English Bay. Mm -hmm. And there's long, long distances where it's pretty shallow. And so there's some buoys out there. Yeah. And there's green lights and red lights and they have different meaning. And this boat has GPS in it and it beeps at you if you get too close to the shallow areas. So there's geofencing going on. So he would kind of be heading. We think, oh, we're a long ways from shore. And it, all of a sudden, beep, 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 beep. That meant you're going too fast for this area. And then there was the beep and it just goes on and on. That means you've gotten yourself too close to the shore. And then there's enough, you know, error in the geofencing that once that long, harsh beeping was going on, it might take you about 90 seconds before you're out of it, right? Did they give them any kind of map, like a digital map? Oh yeah, we had a map and I was up front with them and it was helpful for me to be up front because then there were two sets of eyes, right? Yeah. There's actual hardware maps sitting in front of you, glued cool. into place on the boat. Cool. And so... It was quite fascinating. That would be actually, because I just thought with all the shipping and everything, there's probably a whole 
pile of stuff they tell you about not getting in front of freighters or ferries and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, well, and there's the stuff, well, pass on the right. Yeah. But when you need to do that, it's a bit of a judgment call, isn't it? Because someone, yeah. if someone is off to your right, but like a good 200 meters to your right, obviously you're not going to steer to get around them and pass on the yeah. right. You're going to pass on their left. So what's the distance? There's yeah. a bunch of judgment calls that still go on. Yeah. And it was a nice day, but you'd get the waves from other boats and holy smokes, we'd <laughs> go up one of these waves and come down, bang, that really loud sound of thwack. Beeping start. Beep, beep, beep. But it was something else. Was there an abandoned ship alarm on there? Yeah, well. You know, engine yeah, fire? It was really fun. We got going pretty fast. And it is kind of the, fun. And the, the amount of traffic, you know what it made me think of? That flight that we, you and I took down to Los Angeles with Brian. Oh yeah. 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 And how Brian insisted on hearing about traffic, no matter how remote and how his tension levels would get up when we're pointing some plane like way off, you know, a kilometer away or something. He's like, okay, okay. We got to keep an eye on that one. Yeah. So I would help out. I'd tell Orion, okay, we got someone. I think, I think we're headed on a collision course here. So it was just, was really fun the whole way. So we, we rode underneath the Lionsgate bridge and then underneath the second narrows and then all the way to Indian arm. And for this three hour rental, we could have gone all the way up Indian arm to the waterfalls at the end and had a look at them. But we chose to do lunch in deep cove. And so we paid for lunch. That was at least one thing we could contribute to it. And we just had a nice lunch in deep cove and we went and looked at some properties was walking distance to some properties that they were thinking about. Uh, ah. You know, they're looking at a lot. They're, you know, most everyone they look at, they're not going to buy, but they just look at a lot. So he gets a feel for the. Yeah. And they were just like, whoa, Deep Cove. We had no idea how steep it is here because the only time they've seen Deep Cove is in, you know, like Google Street View. Yeah. Or maybe Google Earth. I don't really know, but yeah. So. So that was pretty cool. Actually experiencing Vancouver and the Harbor with them, it almost makes you feel, first of all, it makes you realize, oh, I had no idea. I knew so much. Hmm. Uh, Plus some things I didn't know, you know, what's that big pile of yellow stuff over there on the North shore? Well, that's sulfur. Where's it come from? I'm not sure really. I don't know. Yeah. Where and does it go? I have no I don't idea. know. And where does it go to? Well, probably for manufacturing purposes in Asia. Gunpowder. It's all going to it's the all world. Gunpowder. Gunpowder. Yeah. They're making dynamite with it. Fireworks. I actually don't know what sulfur gets used for. Well, I mean, it, you could make sulfuric acid with it. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it was a very, very fun uh, day. It happened quite a while ago and I've just had it on any list here forever. So I thought I'd just check mark it. I just like the idea of the geofencing and all of that stuff, which really is helpful. That's really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of annoying, I guess, but uh, I'm sure all participants are happier with that. It's pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> there are little moments like Orion's driving. We're hitting some pretty big bumps and Ariel's like, I think you need to go a little slower. And he goes, no, <laughs> he just keeps going. Boom. Boom. It was a little bit unnerving sometimes, but yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, there still has to be some way to get into trouble. 
Oh, I didn't even think about oh, that. Oh, that's yeah, that one. Yeah. He's doing that. I didn't even think, oh, we got to be careful because that's going right into the podcast. PJ, some time ago, maybe 30 episodes ago, you talked about visiting your dentist and having a gold crown removed. Mm-hmm. You saw them put it in a drawer. So I asked about it. Okay. You asked about it. I said, could I have the gold? Because crowns, any listeners had a crown down, those things are expensive. Gold yes. crowns. Like, yes. yes. I don't know what they cost now, but it was 700 bucks or something when I had it done. And so I was having it replaced. And, you know, you start casting your mind back to the invoice you got for that gold crown and X dollars of it was for their work in shaping it and molding it and sticking it into your head. And X dollars was just for the materials. And I thought that the materials bill was not nothing. It was substantial. No. Yeah. And so I started thinking, I asked him, hey, what do you guys do with these gold crowns when you yank them out? Yeah. And the woman, the, the attending person, not the dentist, said, oh, well, you know, we take them. Uh, I can never help telling this story this way either. We, we take them and we put them in a little drawer in the back. And I said, well, what? You just got a drawer full of gold crowns? He says, well, every now and then a little man comes around about every month and uh, he buys them off us and we save up the money. And I don't know. So what do you do with it? She said, well, you know, I don't know, Christmas lunch or something. I do find that hilarious that it's a little man. Like that detail. Like she's definitely trying to minimize the whole thing. And so my radar is just getting hotter and hotter the whole time. I just wondered. guy's got a little gold mine going here. I just wondered for some reason if it was racist. No. If it was a little Jewish man. Well, of course I thought about a guy (laughs) driving a rag cart or something. But uh, I think she was just trying to minimize the whole thing. Like she was not that comfortable, I think, with the line of conversation. So I was at the dentist and, uh, I had a, I, I ate a popcorn kernel about seven or eight years ago and it broke a filling at the back. I have, you know, the molars is there two for me anyway. I think there's two at each end of all four sets of teeth, you know, like eight, eight molars total. And so seven of those are gold crowns. Ooh, wow. And one of them was a big filling and I broke it and he said, oh, okay, well this is a, this is seven or eight years ago. He says, this is a big filling and I, I could put a big filling on it, but I can't guarantee it because at that size of filling, it could break again. You know, a crown's the way to go, but it's not going to be cheap because it's a fairly big one. So seven years ago or so, I took the oversized filling mm-hmm. while on vacation. I bought some popcorn. <laughs> This is the slow learner segment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the filling broke and, and I don't know where it went. So I must've swallowed it because yeah. I, I didn't, it just felt weird. So I thought, oh, there's a, there's a popcorn kernel yeah. kind of stuck in there, but no, it was because my tongue was feeling that a piece of the tooth is missing, but it otherwise didn't hurt really. Yeah. And so I had forgotten that it would broken on popcorn before. But anyway, by the time I got to the dentist, I'd recalled, oh yeah. So anyway, I went to the dentist. I said, yeah, this is the one you put in and you warned me that it might break. And well, guess what? I bit down on a popcorn kernel again and it did break. So he said, okay. So I said, can you do the estimate for a crown? Maybe we should do it right this time. And he goes, yeah, gold's gone up quite a bit in price. So let me get you a quote on a porcelain crown. 
which is cheaper than a gold crown. I think it used to be inverted, but yeah, because you used to go for porcelain because it looked more like a tooth, right? Yeah, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I thought the porcelain was a veneer on a gold core, but I could be wrong. No, yeah, no, not in this case. So they did the quote on the crown, and it came in at two thousand dollars. Ooh, doggies! And our dental doesn't do uh, crowns. Mine doesn't. So. I said, oh, wow, is that the gold? How much would I save if I did the porcelain? They said, no, actually, this is the porcelain. The gold one would be quite a bit more, so we didn't bother quoting it for you. I said, what are the pros and cons? He said, actually, porcelain can break. Gold doesn't break. It's just in there for for life. It's pretty good. It beats down, though. Yeah, he said, but I could just do the filling for you again. I said, absolutely. So so he put another filling. But in the meantime, I was talking to the uh, dental assistant, I said, I had a friend that told me about the gold <laughs> and, uh, and he said that, that, uh, they put it in a drawer and a little man comes around. She goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. We put it in a drawer and a little man comes around. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Holy I thought smoke. there's probably one guy that yeah. does the rounds of the, all the lower mainland. And, uh, then he, you know, melts it down himself or he sends it off to wherever you send gold. Wow. And he would buy at one price and sell at another. And that's just the way things happen, right? And like I said, I did end up getting that. I had two crowns at one point and I got made into some form of jewelry and gave it to one of my daughters. She lost it this year, much to her dismay. Mm. But there is gold in them. It is not as much as I thought at the time. Like it is way less gold than I had imagined back in the day, mm-hmm. but yeah. still gold in there. Yeah. Cause there's probably amalgam filling below and then gold over the top. Well, and it's alloyed with something. You can't mm. just put pure gold in it. It'll no. just malform in about two weeks, right? Yeah, that's true. But that's true. Yeah. It's it still, you do think about it. You pay just a ton of money for those things and they just take it out. And keep I it. just thought that it was hilarious that it's, they also had a little man. Yeah. I just think what is going on with this little man story? Is his name Rumpelstiltskin? Does we he should find it? him out there. We yeah. Do some detective work. Hit him over the head and take his bag of gold fillings. No skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's little. We can take him. <laughs> you guys want to do a field trip sometime? Yes. I do. I want us to go to the Northern Cafe. Okay. We're going to the Northern Cafe. Northern Cafe and Grill. Moby, would you be willing to do that? Is it that down there or is it Second Arrows? It's the one down. On Kent. Yes. Have you been there? Yeah. We'll pick you up. Will you come? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was there. I used to work for Bruce Kennedy at Studio 58 and we would go there sometimes. PJ, you been? No. No idea. Let's do this. It's an adventure. I'll schedule it up. Where's dance status right now, Skinny? Ooh, it's not doing too good right now. I went and I signed up for a dance course over here at Britannia near the shed once a week on Sundays. And I go up to the desk in there. This was funny to me anyways. And, uh, you know, I said, could you tell me where Chinese classical dance is? And she said, yeah, it should be right down the hall on your left. Uh, are you sure you that's where you want to go? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> You got the right class kind of thing. And I just lie. Yeah. And I get in there and right away, some woman comes up to me and introduces herself and says, she's a, some sort of coordinator or organizer for the neighborhood house. who's also taking the class. And <laughs> she says, so you're in the right place. I think she did. I didn't mention this to you. The other day. I think she said, so you're in there. I said, oh yeah, this is the right place. She said, 
have you done this before? <laughs> I said, yes, I have. Thank you. It's, I have to, I know her and her and her. She said, okay. And so then class starts and this woman's standing near me and she starts translating. Like she's just telling us that she's going to have us warm up first and then we're going to do. And I said, uh, you, you know, you don't have to bother to do that. It's way too much trouble. It's fine. I'll, I'll be okay. And she said, oh, thank you for understanding. And then that same woman halfway through, we stop for water and she says loudly, you know, oh, you're really very good. Oh, oh, you know, and I was having a really terrible dance day because I was really nervous because I was super self-conscious. Got my first folding fan though. So you can snap them open. You have to do that because the dance we're doing, it's kind of, when she put up the dance, she then put up another thing, said, prepare to learn martial arts. So it's sort of like Tai Chi based mm -hmm. and the music does have a martial sound and you do a lot of these abrupt moves where you put the thing out and look, snap the fan open into the beat and then you move around. So, you know, there's a lot, it's really, it's the most masculine dance of any of the ones I've seen in the last quite a while, for sure. I still enjoy doing it, but, uh, you know, the... Self-consciousness and anxiety index is way up. And then also, if I'm practicing at home and I play the music out loud, Cash just wigs out. He starts to hyperventilate and drool and eventually he'll throw up and pee. You know, he just gets completely freaked out by the entire experience. <laughs> because? Because it's weird. Oh, because he, he's w watching you and? Well, he's, the music. Something about the music just sends him. What, you just crank it? or No. He likes the chromatic scale. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't like a minor key for any, I don't know. So then you have to wear earbuds, right? And then if you were moving around to dance, because, you know, dance has a lot to do with moving around, nice. that still kind of freaks them out. And then, you know, then they start whining because they want to be fed. You're obviously doing something. You're obviously not staying still. So we must be getting ready to go someplace. So isn't it time for food? Because I think it is. And it's just on and on. And then in the class, when you're not doing well, you can't just stop. You can't just say, ah, bugger this. I'm not, ha I'm not here today. I'm you not have to keep going. Yeah. You have to keep persevering because, because you're looks, in class with all these other people. You yeah. can't just quit. Look yeah. like a sulky child. Well, when you're in your house by yourself, you can be the biggest sulky child you want. <laughs> you just, you're going along and oh, this is to forget this. I'm going to go shoot guys for a while. You know? <laughs> so I just... All in all, I am not doing well um, disciplining myself to actually try. And that leads you to thoughts of, well, do you really want to even do this? Clearly, your behavior suggests you don't. And listeners, that means play video games, okay? Let's just don't call it. He's not actually shooting people, yeah. just to be clear. Yeah. Just pictorial representations. There's no blood involved. Just pictorial There's depictions of blood, yes. <laughs> Lots and lots of it. Spurting. And you really find that you enjoy it when there's more <laughs> blood. But it's, at least it's not real blood. I had to stop playing Grand Theft Auto because my driving was becoming more and more erratic. Speaking of GF. Come on. You would think from playing GTA that your real life driving was 
it wasn't becoming Affected. anything scary, but I did notice that I was a bit more aggressive than I had been really? before. Well, because in GTA, the whole game is about racing from point to point. Bash. And running people over and stuff. Yeah, if yeah. you need to. Yeah. You or get more points, don't you? Away. No. If there's a grandmother or something? Nope, none of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you have to drive fast and recklessly yeah. in urban settings in that yeah. game. Yeah. And so you find you tend to drive a bit more aggressively than you were before. It actually is really the reason I stopped playing is I played that Dickens out of it. Like I yeah. did all, I, you know, I went through the whole thing. All twice. the different GTAs or just No, one? just four. I only have oh, GTA yeah. four and, mm-hmm. you know, so if you kill certain characters rather than allowing them to live, the story takes a certain different turn. Oh, okay. So I've did all that. Let this horrible guy that we've hated forever live instead of killing him and see what happens. And see what happens. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so that's why I stopped playing that. Okay. Because well, uh. I was done. We should do our uh, media segment here. KJ, you've been watching any new shows? I looked at Deadlock. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. That's fun. I believe it's Tasmanian. May I recommend? Okay. I know I've been talking a lot. Let's hear it. Word of honor on YouTube, of all places. 37 episode Chinese costume drama. It's kind of the flying tiger crouching dragon thing. Where they uh, jump in straight lines instead of parabolas? Yeah, because they're martial artists and they can center their chi like nobody's business or yeah. something. I don't know how it's supposed to work. But uh, quite great, actually. Just because, like, I, I can't speak Chinese, so I have to watch subtitles. And that's a big drawback because some pretty good acting in there. Oh, right, right. And uh, really complicated plot line which is fun right it's fun to follow and it's based on a mythical long ago china in which martial arts sects which is sort of a polite way of saying uh regional warlords yes ran everything right and they had alliances and they did dirty deeds to each other and all this kind of stuff but it's a romanticized version of that which i wonder how many people believe is simply the way it actually was but it's pretty cool. I, I not a big fan of that kind of flying tiger stuff, but among other things, it's fun to wonder whether they portray these guys deliberately as being so effeminate and whether they are deliberately suggesting that they have a love relationship, you know, a homosexual relationship, because they sure sort of make it seem that way. And there's no way that they would overtly do that in modern day China, no chance. Mm. So anyway, I recommend, I also recommend you take a moment and glance out the window at the almost full moon as it appears over the top of the house next door. And if you have an iPhone 14, you get a picture of it just to demonstrate the camera. It's about three quarter, isn't it? No, yeah. I'm watching yes. um, one of my favorite uh, dramas was called One Spring Night, I think. So I saw this, or oh, something I haven't seen before. It's actually very old. I think it's uh, certainly 10 years old, if not 15 years old. But it's one of those ones with 77 episodes, which I don't ever watch, actually. But they, they start out... It's the two children, of course, and of course, 10 years later, and they turn into these 20-somethings or teenagers or whatever, and I'm thinking, okay, okay, who are they going to cast, right? Because obviously they're going to be 
somebody and the kids went on for four episodes which i thought was kind of long and they're kind of not very good actors <laughs> as but they got a, a whole lot on their plates and then when they did do the changeover t- 10 years later nine years later one of the the actress the lead actress from one spring night who i i think is it's one of her probably earlier roles right so i've just been plodding through this thing that's the only thing yeah new to report well we've been watching the morning show oh uh, have you apple tv plus third season excellent first and second seasons were pretty good but the third season's excellent and it's kind of like succession in a way yeah, it's just your usual board and the CEO and all this kind of stuff. That actually makes me think, have you guys been tracking at all this stuff around OpenAI, the company that produces ChatGPT? And the the CEO and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, It's been kind of cr- crazy. In, crazy. In one week crazy, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can explain it to our viewers because I, I, I sort of understand, but I don't know the whys. Yeah, the board fires him, and the only reason they've given is through a lack of transparency. And they, they got asked it so many times, and at one point, one of them said, you know what, I don't really, it's just a feeling. You know, they just could not articulate it. So they fire him. <clears throat> Microsoft's freaked out because Microsoft owns 49% of OpenAI. And they're going, oh my God. And so the the board is supposed to be working for the shareholders, of which Microsoft is one of them, right? So Microsoft says, okay, we're hiring Sam Altman, that's his name, and we're going to hire the senior tech guy. And you know what? We'll hire any of the 500 people out of the 700 who have threatened to quit. Anybody who wants to quit, come work for us, right? And then the it's just crazy what they went through. And then the board finally got forced out. So everybody on the board except for one who voted to fire him has resigned from the board. Oh, I didn't hear that part. The one person who stayed on the board is now chairman of the board. And he kind of recanted. He said, you know, we should have never fired him. But he, so he's still on the board. So was, I thought the guy who said we should have never fired him was actually the primary instigator of that firing. Exactly. And, and I now think, that guy's the chair? I think, I think he's still on the board anyway. Wow. One of the mandates of the board was um, the safety aspect, meaning don't let these AIs take over the world. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a huge concern that people have. Yeah. And uh, even though chat GPT is just a fancy Google, it's really just a parlor trick. There's, there's no chance that it has actual intelligence, but the same company is working on real AI stuff that, you know, would actually ultimately be able to think you would think, but anyway, so they're, they're kind of, a lot of people are concerned about this way too early and maybe it's a good idea to be concerned early. But for now, the stuff that's out there right now. Well, I'm just thinking it would be easy too for a guy to say, oh, it's way too early. Uh, and, and to convey contempt for a fear that chat GTP was going to take over the world. Only then they would say, well, what do you mean? It could happen, couldn't it? And then he might try to explain it and he might find it frustrating, you know, the same sequence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, where he's, he feels that he's dealing with children really. 
I sent PJ an article called Talks to Bring Back Sam Altman Continue at OpenAI. And PJ answered, thanks for this. I read through it and I still can get no flavor of what on earth happened. And so then I sent PJ a screenshot of what I sent to ChatGPT. So this is what I said to ChatGPT. I sent my friend an article that said that the OpenAI staff have a sizable DoorDash bill. He responded, thanks for this. And then I put that in quotes and I included his entire response. And then I asked ChatGPT, how should I respond? Meaning to PJ. ChatGPT said, you could respond in a lighthearted and conversational manner. Here's a suggestion. Hey, friend's name, ha ha. It does sound like a bit of a mystery, doesn't it? The DoorDash bill is probably just fuel for the brilliant minds at OpenAI. Remember, this ChatGPT is created by OpenAI. Yeah. As for the robot takeover, well, who knows what the future holds? Maybe we'll have robot presidents delivering DoorDash orders in 10 years. Nice. (laughs) I did miss that. a, A happy face. It carries on. Feel free to adjust the tone based on your friend's sense of humor and the nature of your relationship, which I thought was interesting. And then I followed that up with, hey, skin, ha ha. It does sound like a bit of a mystery, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just he, he sl- never picked up on it. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I did think that it was just like. So I, your robot overlord was actually replying through me there. Yeah. Yes. I did have to look up what a scrimshander was. What? What is a scrimshander? Well, you know, Moby Dick, right? It's talking to Scrim Shander and that the only place that that word ever appears is in Moby Dick. And he means a uh, scrimshaw, which is a uh, distinctly North American folk art carving wood. So Scrim Shander is another word for scrimshaw? Yeah. Jeez, never heard that Let's one. See here. Heard of scrimshaw before, but diverse. Was originally a synonym of scrimshaw back then. The artists were most likely called scrim shoners. Wow. Another thing I didn't know. And do we have any snappers? Yeah. Oh, let's do KJ snappers. Oh, you've been holding out. Twain for the invite. Dirty dog. Uh, first one is Ollie Ollie Oxen Free. Mm-hmm. And variants thereof, right? Tell us. For wow. some reason, children use that to mean the game of hide and seek is over and you can all come out now. Everybody can come in free now. Even though I can see you, I've given up or the game's over. So same with kick the can, eh? Yeah. yeah. Same phrase. Well, but kick the can is hide and seek, isn't it? Well, yes and no. You got to kick the can to win, I believe. Yeah. Can't remember. Geez, we had some terrific, epic games of that too, and I can't actually remember the rules of the game. Was there one guard for the can? I just can't remember, and I can't remember I what think- the penalty for attempting it and not getting there before your class. The idea is you have to hide, and somebody is guarding the can. And now it's coming back to me. Jeez, you have to hide, and somebody is guarding the can, and they have to spot you. And if they spot you, you're out. But do they have to... But if somebody manages to kick the can before they get spotted, in other words, say the person guarding the can hears a movement in the bushes 25 yards off to one side, well, somebody who had crept to within 15 yards of the can 
could run out and kick it while they were off looking in the right. wrong direction and then it's over. Um, but if they caught somebody, did they have to go back to the, did they have to go back to the can to announce it or something? I think what happens is the can gets kicked, then you just have to announce to everybody who might still be hiding and who didn't hear the can get kicked that it's over. You say all the LA oxen free. We played a reverse variant on hide and seek called Lone Wolf isn't out tonight. Huh? And so there's one person hiding from everybody else. Oh. And, it's, oh. and all the people searching are chanting, Lone Wolf isn't out. Jeez, you got creepy. Yeah, it is pretty You guys are just creepy. And I think Lone Wolf is pretty exciting for the wolf too. Oof. Is that that American? It's American. Yeah, I think so. And it was not super common either. I think mom got it out of a book or something and we did it in Cub Scouts maybe. A book published in Salem or something like (laughs) that? Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) Um, So how about variants? Did you guys always very specifically use Ollie, 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 Oxen Free? Can't remember, but we did use that. I got no clue at all where that particular phrase might have arisen. Like, right. why ollie ollie anything? Like, yeah, what does that even Yeah, this is going to be interesting to find out yeah. in a moment here. I've heard the variant ollie ollie in free. No way. Yeah, I heard that. Uh, it's an old Peter, Paul, and Mary song, and they end the song that way. Ooh. But And I think we had some other variant on it in California, but I can't remember now. Uh, the origin of the phrase is unknown. The Dictionary of American Regional English says the phrase may be derived from all ye, all ye outs in free. Uh, all the outs in free, or yes. possibly calling all the outs in free. Yes. In other words, all who are out may come in without penalty. Oh, that, that sounds a hundred right. Yeah. Does it give any variants? In the video games Halo, the fall of the of Reach and Halo First Strike, the phrase Ollie Ollie Oxen Free is used a number of times to pass along information to other members of the team. In Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell, if a player shoots an enemy and then hides, the player is hunted down with the phrase Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, come out, come out wherever you are. Come out, come out wherever you are would be a... Yeah, that's a variant. Yeah. yeah. Aside from that, it's hard to find published references to the phrase. Children's sayings were hardly recorded until the 1950s, and even then the sayings are very variable. That's because they've been passed down orally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most likely explanation for the phrase is that it is a corruption of the German alle, alle, auch sind free, which when translated means everyone, everyone also is free. Hmm. Alle, alle, auch sind free. When that is said in a normal speaking voice, phonetically it sounds somewhat like alle, alle, auch sind frei. frei. Imagine how it sounds when excited children are running about shouting at the top of their lungs. It's <laughs> easy to see how this becomes... Ollie, ollie, oxen free, I see. It also may be corruption of, in French, allez, allez, which is a Norman addition to the English language from French and is pronounced allez, allez. The word allez in French, of course, means go. The ensuing in common frei was a phrase popular in Dutch, German, New York, and Pennsylvania meant come in free. In this case, allez, allez, in common free may have morphed into French-English hybrid allez, allez, come in free. I think that's all we need to do that. Oh, information was unable to locate the phrase used in the game of hide and seek that was used to call hiders back to the home base in either Froissart's era or Pollock's era. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, that's enough of that one, I think. That's pretty cool.
There's a lot to chew on there. I like the first one better than all the ones that followed it, actually. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Under the weather. Okay. Not feeling well. Yes. Like what? not full on sick yet. Why? But why? Oh, well, you know, we, uh, we always have to do our definitions first. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, oh well done, RJ. <laughs> I'm just trying. Oh, that's exactly it. Is that exactly. it? Okay. I just wanted to make sure, like, <laughs> when when do you transition from under the weather to full on sick? I guess. I just don't even yeah. know. So if you're like in bed and you're sweating and you got one of those big ice packs on your forehead, maybe a thermometer sticking out of your mouth and you're moaning, is that under the weather? Because that's different from what I was saying. I know. Okay. I yeah. think I think that uh, under the weather includes everything. No, like it doesn't. Like if, if you have something terminal that's going to require hospitalization, oh. they don't. Nobody ever says you're under the weather. But if you are having a man cold at home, yes, you're all sweaty and you're crying and sweaty and you got a thing and ooh, I don't feel good. Feel well. You could very often be referred to as being under the weather because it's not really that serious. You Honey, don't feel, I don't think I can cook breakfast this morning. <laughs> exactly. I'm under the weather. Yeah. Right. But why is it under the weather? Is it a belief that when you get a cold, it's because of the weather? That was the traditional belief of the cause of the cold. Yeah, maybe that's, that's as good as I don't have anything. Does it mean you're sleeping outside? <laughs> you feel like you're sleeping outside. I don't know. I think yours is probably better, but. Uh, under the influence of the weather, like maybe bad weather is falling barometric pressure. Mm. So you are becoming sick because barometric pressure is falling. Huh? Huh? How about that? Yeah. Huh? No, I think so. Yeah. Under the influence of the weather, because again, because of the belief that weather yeah. causes these things. I, I just don't know though. That's a, that's a good one. Cause of course everyone's used it, but I have no clue where. Yeah. And I guess from. I'm mixing it up with. I'm feeling a little under the weather. That's often the context is a little, yeah, you know, a little under the weather because yep. if you're full, if you have a full on cold, you, you usually don't say I'm under the weather. You say I got a full on cold. Well, it depends on who you're talking to and how you want to represent yourself. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but I think we all agree that typically if someone is under the weather, they are not really seriously ill. Yeah. They're just not feeling well. Right. And it seems to me that under the weather really applies to a flu or a cold and not to cancer yeah. and not to a broken leg. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, what do you got, KJ? Etymology. When a sailor became ill or seasick, often because of violent weather conditions, that sailor was sent below decks to the most stable part of the ship, mm. which was under the weather rail. There you go. Isn't that great? That's the great. The phrase under the weather rail was shortened to the idiom under the weather. What is the weather rail? The deck? Oh. So depending on where the weather is coming from and which way the ship is sailing to, the weather rail, I can't remember if it's the one that's on the lee side or the facing, well, it sounds like it's the one that's facing the weather, but uh, I, but it's that, right? It's Along it's, the side of the ship? Yeah, and so the, the rail there, I would have expected it would be on the lee side, but I just don't know. But that's really interesting. Yeah, another Makes theory wonder claims where the that the idiom came. came to be via the old idea that the weather has a strong influence on one's health. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
But that might've been more people like myself, just kind of Is making up a plausible theory. Fun. Whereas that boat one sounds like, sounds like it's possibly real the real origin. Where is Lilburn, that idiot? He is under the rail, under the weather rail. Yep. He's under the weather rail. Ah, he must be sick then. Hi. Huh. I like that they list the influence of the weather thing now. Get to feel better about it. I'm going to spell this because I don't know exactly how to. It's rather simple. B-E-N-I-N. Hmm. Weren't we just at Benin Creek yesterday? No, that was Pepin. 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 Yeah. That's close. Yeah. Okay, so B E N I N. Sounds related to benign, but who knows? No I never idea. heard of it. How do you pronounce it? Do you know? No. Do you know what it is? No. It's a country. Never. It's right I think it's right beside I'll look it up here, but I think it's right beside the Ivory Gold Coast. Oh, I did not know about that. And I, I, I thought, I saw it somewhere and I went, what the hell is that? I've never heard of that one before. Me neither. Oh, we're going to get some mail about that. I don't know what, what, what are the major exports of Benin, I wonder. Yeah, it's funny. I just, just Oops. heard about a country yesterday where Rustica is traveling. And I said to Sue, I've never even heard of this country. You guys have, I bet. What was it? I think it was Bhutan, B-H-U-T-A. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Just east that. of, east, just east of Nepal, but. Yeah, I've heard of that. If you asked me, I'd go, I don't know, it's a city maybe. I don't think I have heard of Benin before. I might have Benin, heard Benin, uh, a French-speaking West African nation, is a birthplace of the Vodun or voodoo religion and home to the former Dahomey kingdom from circa 1600 to 1900. In Abomey, Dahomey's former capital, the historical museum occupies, yeah, right beside Togo on the armpit of Africa on the yeah, West yeah. Coast. Did you yeah. say it's near the Ivory Coast? I thought it was near the Ivory Coast. Let me look. Uh, yeah, Ivory Coast is also underneath that part of Africa. Right, right. Ghana is next, Togo, and then Benin, 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 and then Nigeria is on the right side. Yeah, there I you go. I think it's Benin. There's no reason for it to be French, is it? Well, yes. it's a possession. Yes. It's French speaking. Yeah. Mm. Republique du Benin. Formerly Dahomey. There you go. Okay, got a couple more here. Okay. Uh, what is, gentlemen, a triple-double in basketball? Ooh, a triple-double. Somebody the other day got a triple-double and it made him have a triple-double against every team that he's played or every team in the league or something. And I thought, what the hell is that? I could have a guess, I suppose. You want to go first? Because I only have a guess, too. Well, okay. My guess, just a wild guess, is when you get a foul, you usually shoot two baskets. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're moving towards the basket, you shoot two. If you get fouled somewhere away from the basket, you only get one shot. And, so now you got your two shots, and if you shoot both in, that's a double. And then if in the course of a game you get fouled three different times and make all doubles, then that would be a triple-double. I'm going to guess that it means you got double-digit score, block, and rebound. Jesus, skinny. That's double Double-digit. So meaning 10 or more. Yeah, Blocks, uh, points, points, and rebounds. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds more likely than what I came up with. Here we go. The achievement of a double-digit total in three of five <laughs> categories: assists, 
blocks, points, rebounds, and steals over the course of a single game. Well wow. done, Skinny. Way Very nice. But getting 10 each of those things in games where the score is like 115 to 109, doesn't, does that, it doesn't seem like that much of an achievement. Well, points in that kind of game, there's a lot of people who get that many points, maybe about four on yeah. each team. Yeah, but, but I mean, getting 10 steals. Oh, well, steals would be hard, but. And even rebounds. Yeah, so so it's the combination. Yeah. Points is probably the easiest of those because you get two or three for every shot. Yeah. Right? But the other ones may be a lot harder to get. Well, for sure they are, but still, like some steals, yeah, that would be pretty hard to get 10 steals, you would think. But rebounds. 10 rebounds plus get 10 points. I guess depending on your position, then you, you got you're really you're really high on players. Yeah, do it, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Pretty soon, buddy. Pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Well done, gentlemen. Okay, here's the next one. I'll spell this again. K a y f a b e. K a y f a b e. K fabe or k fabe. K fabe. K fabe. K fabe. Never heard of it. Me either. And it Nothing. doesn't seem to have any word roots that Nay. we can latch on to. But kayfabe, kayfabe, is a tacit agreement between professional wrestlers and fans that staged events, stories, characters, etc. are genuine. Wow. When was that coined? Huh? When was that coined? How old is that word? I don't know. I haven't, I didn't, I'll, I'll let me see if I can do that. Buddy, you're beautiful, but that is totally fascinating, and I think it does merit a word because there is so much going on there. But you kind of think professional wrestling, pretty much by definition, is a kayfabe or whatever pronunciation. No, it's a it's a tacit agreement that we're all going to pretend that it's real. Yeah, and what's interesting about it is, didn't you always find it weird that people watched it? Yeah, and kind of believed it. Yeah, but I yes. suppose it's. If you think about you're watching a movie and there's actors, you decide that that's real as well because that's how you enjoy it, right? But to me, the same thing happens in politics with a demagogue, like with a Trump, and he's just lying in front of everybody. There's a tacit agreement between him and his listeners that this is all the truth, even though they actually know he's rampantly lying. Yeah. because it's wow. a, it, in that case, it's because it's a way to get at the, the radical elite libs, <laughs> right? Because you just have fun with it. Right. And when people are watching wrestling, they're having fun with the ridiculous of it all. And yet deep inside, they know it's fake, but they're, but they're just invested in it. Anyway. Yeah. So that's a pretty good analogy, RJ. Oh. Pretty good. So it says here, kayfabe is how you pronounce it. And a, a sample would be a masterful job of blending kayfabe and reality. Now, the term kayfabe has evolved to also become a code word for sorts of, it was a short form of something, but I can't, I can't find that now. The earliest known written evidence of the word kayfabe is from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Yearbook for 1988. Hmm. Although the term is believed to be much older, various sources of different origins, but the actual origin is not known with certainty. One theory suggests that it was derived from a word manipulation of the term be fake, a la pig Latin, mm. uh. and other argots designed mm. to conceal the true meaning. 
Ar- what are argots? Yeah, exactly. That's yet another. Uh, I want to snapper. Oh, will do argots. Yeah, yeah. another the theory Argos, claims that there Ar- actually was Ar- a wrestler Ar- called Ar- K. Fabian who was mute. I'm going with Pig Latin on this. <laughs> I'm going with K. Fabian. Another theory suggests that the term derives from the expression "keep cavy" from the Latin verb "cavio," which means "look out for." This phrase was also used throughout Britain and by Jews living in East London between World War I and World War II. Jesus Christ. Still going pig Latin. Another theory suggested by former mixed martial artist Chael Sonnen claims the term came from carnival employees that did not have enough money to call home to tell their family or friends they made it safe and sound to the next town so they would have to call collect and they would use the name kayfabe and when the operator calls they'd ask if they'd accept and collect call from kayfabe they would say no to save the cost kayfabe. still pig latin from go with pig latin too. did you guys ever do that yeah no oh the code words on the collect call i'm sure yeah. i'm sure i did well, Remember, I larry used to do that he'd call home and there was an agreed person he'd ask for and they'd say no nobody here by that yeah and then that meant that larry had made it to his destination fine do you guys remember the watts line at um kaminko yes no you could use the watts line yeah you could go long distance yeah and call for a long time you could talk for hours if you wanted to if you had access to a phone right yeah get into one of the offices right yeah (laughs) <laughs> I remember when you were in Europe, there was a whole thing where there was an agreed upon time and we talked to you long distance and it was a big deal because it was going to run like eight or 10 bucks or something for a five minute call. Like it was a big thing and that's all I remember about it and that the call was quite short, but we, we, we had a chance to talk to you. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I don't remember the Watts line. No. The okay. Watts line, yeah, that was a different thing. That was, I remember that from working at Kamenko. Yeah, you get if you're in an office job, you get you <laughs> dial eight, then a one, and some phones were blocked from it. Yeah, yeah. So because it wasn't free either, but for them it was way cheaper than yeah we would pay from our. But homes. in the in the tank rooms, well, maybe I I just saw guys doing it, but I I thought that I did it in in the the office off the office the sort of which would have been the. Who was the big guy in the tank rooms? Oh, this, I forget his name. No, but it's Herb? Not, not the shift boss. Who was above the shift yeah, boss? Yeah, like the superintendent maybe? Oh, yeah, something like that. And he was usually only there day shift. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, and so afternoons and nights. Okay, moving on. Only a couple more here, guys. Um, Kludge, K-L-U-D-G-E. Yeah, pronounced Kludge. Kludge. Ah, so you know what it is. Yes. Tell us. I didn't know it was spelled with a D, though. I did not yeah. know that. Oh, actually, there's options. The D is optional. Yeah. I've seen, I saw okay. it. Okay. Yeah, and that would be a jury-rigged solution. Nice. <laughs> and that itself would be a... <laughs> nice. I actually saw that in one of the definitions. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, of, of what? To uh, tell well, us. You, you, something needs fixing, so maybe you grab some duct tape and fix it when yeah, you really right. should do it properly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Coat hanger, duct tape. A workaround or quick and dirty solution that is clumsy, inelegant, inefficient, difficult to extend, and hard to maintain. Oh, I'm surprised they <laughs> have a, 
I'm surprised they have an and in there. I would put an or in there. That's a litany of shortcomings. Because some jury rigged solutions. Yeah, I suppose the general idea is that they're going to fall apart. But yeah, I wonder why Kluge though. Oh yeah, like oh, where where's it oh. come from? Yeah. Well, let's go etymology. I'll then. bet you it's German. I'd bet that too. It is a Kluge. <laughs> It's not Latin. I think we can be sure of that. Uh, That would be Klugicus. English Boge, B-O-D-G-E. Oh, English Fudge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kluge, invented word perhaps influenced by Bodge and Fudge. Yeah, because as in fudging your numbers. Yeah, uh, in 1960. Jeez, that's pretty pretty recent. Okay, well done. Last one, I'm going to say Inveigler, I-N-V-E-I-G-L-E-R, but it might, and I actually figured out how to take, use the camera on this little thing, and it says, Billy Crudup is a devious Inveigler in Berkeley Rep's Harry Clark, a theater review of some sort. Billy Crudup is in uh, The Morning Show as well, and I think he's probably an Inveigler there too. Is it Inveigler and Veiler? Because it, it's Invade, right? It, it's. I think it's Invegler, but I, I don't really know. It's because one of those words you only ever read, or at least I only Yeah, it's one read. of those words I've read from time to time and just let it go without yeah. figuring out what it meant. Yeah, like all of them. That's how, it's, that's how I've always... They just keep rolling. Just keep going, and maybe context will tell you, and maybe it won't. And, yeah. But that so, is... And so I have an idea what it means, but it's just contextual. Okay, I, I have... You go. No, no, I don't have, I wouldn't say I have an idea. I have guesses. So why don't you go well, ahead? Well, it's a smooth talking, shady dealing, slippery guy that you got to keep your eye on. Mm. And he's constantly sticking into things mm. and working deals. And he's not very honest or trustworthy. Oh, like Billy Crudup does in a lot of his roles. Yeah, but he's not, <laughs> he's not a violent guy, but he's... Like I say, slip, slippery shady. Yeah, that's very good. Guy. That sounds like it fits. I think. I, I I just had the sense that it wasn't a positive yeah. uh, name for someone. Yeah, it's not a thug, and, but, you know. Yeah, no, anyway, I had no idea. Truth uh, is. To entice, lure, or ensnare by flattery or artful talk or inducement. Oh, it's even worse. To inveigle a person into playing bridge. <laughs> what? <laughs> to acquire, win, or obtain by beguiling talk or methods, uh, okay. usually followed by from or away. Inveigled from. My thought was only half right. Those definitions, that intimates dishonesty, yeah. some of those cases, but yeah. it's not not the, the middle of the definition. It's well, the kind of like you use the term, I think, oily. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that would fit. Like, kind of uh, slippery, just you know. Yeah, you, no, no, no. You'll love this bridge. It's a yeah, great game. Yeah, the guy that'll what car salesman will inveigle you. Why into the reference the to bridge though? I well, know because fun. Well, because they want to make sure that you understand that it isn't necessarily evil. Oh, okay. But if you're talking somebody into playing bridge who hasn't, you are not telling them how freaking complicated it is. <laughs> And all the rest of it, right? You're oh. just kind of leaving that out because you know it won't sell. Yeah, so it's come not, on, it'll be fun. You'll it, like it. Yeah, it's not entirely honest, but it's not it's not necessarily evil. It's, it's just fisticuffs. Not, it's a hundred dollar yeah. buy-in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
going to made that up too. I don't know what. And that's it for this week's. Excellent. And an excellent set of words. Those were pretty good ones. I particularly liked Under the Weather. That was really a good one. Mm -hmm. You you like those ancient sea references. Those nautical ones. I like the ones that you use a million times and then suddenly realize you haven't nailed it down. Well, and there were several of those today, like Under the Weather. Just never occurred to me to wonder what the hell, why do we even say that, you know? Now the stars have risen. The moon has passed out of sight overhead and we have stars in the window instead. It's dark in here. Buddy, the very good dog, sadly has a terrible habit of leaving the door open so it's cold in here, but still. Daylight losing time. (laughs) Daylight losing time. And listeners, please know, it's not daylight losings time. It's daylight losing time. Singular. Get it straight. Come back and see us. We won't lecture you like that all the time, but... Hope you're having fun, taking care of yourselves. Let us know if you have anything you want us to look into, discover, talk about, not talk about. Let us know. Talk to you later. Bye. Good night. Good night. There's but. bits in there about, you know, Crusher was bent out of shape, but you didn't sleep in the wigwam or the whatever. Oh, you can leave that in. <laughs> but, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I did want to have that part because I think that is a thing that many people have experienced, maybe. And if they haven't, they should just because it's an eye opener. Like yesterday at hockey, getting ready, the guy who runs our team is 79 years old, still nice. plays, still fairly effective too, believe it or not. And we're getting ready to go. And all of a sudden he says, out of the blue. So Patty, I was in Calgary last week and I, you know, I had a little spare time in my hand. And so I thought, I'm going to find out what this shed dog thing that was in your email was about. (laughs) So I normally edit out my auto signature thing that said proud shed. I normally, if I'm sending stuff to the hockey guys, I take that out because I just don't need to hear it. So, because apparently you're not a proud shed dog. Apparently. In, but anyways, when I, sending them, yeah. I was in a hurry and I was replying to something. So I sent it. He said, so I started, uh, I thought I'd have a listen and lo and behold, you were talking about me. <laughs> I said, what? We were talking about you? He said, yeah. Yeah. I heard my name, Larry Brown. And I said, what? Uh-oh. And he said, you were talking about uh, the most boring teacher you ever had. Oh, no. And his name was Larry, and the guy who runs my team is named Larry Brown, and he was a lifetime teacher. He used to be the principal of Seacove Elementary, I think, was an elementary school. But it's just a total coincidence. Yeah, just a total coincidence. Oh, man, you must have been on edge when he started. Well, I just was puzzled, because there's, you know. What episode? Like, right from the beginning? No, this, he hasn't listened. No, he was listening to the Barbie episode, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. I think that's, because that's where we talked about Larry Brown. Okay. Boring. Yeah. Now he wasn't confused, was he? No, he knew it wasn't him. He just thought it was funny to hear his name applied to somebody else. He says, yeah, my daughter and I listened to about a half of it or something. We had a few laughs and that was all he said. Yeah, yeah. And then one of them said, well, what do those guys say about hockey? What would they say about all this? I said, they don't say anything. Those guys don't know anything about hockey. Meaning me and Moby? Yeah. You don't know anything about 
The insides. The room, of the guys being, in the room, that whole thing. That, I know that whole thing. No, you don't. <laughs> I know that Miller's really good in the room. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, there's nothing to really know, right? There's nothing, like, it's not like I come in here and talk about how we did last Wednesday. This, not it's often. just pointless. It's Some, just, no, sometimes. It's nice yeah. to hear. But, yeah. you know, anyway. Like was, when you have a particularly good game. Yeah, if I do you, something. You might even talk about something you did on the Yeah, ice. if I do something that I'm really happy with, I might mention. But mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's not like we spend half of everything talking about how the drillers are doing. It's not, <laughs> not really. Anyway, that was fun. Talk on first thing, I heard my name. <laughs> what? <laughs>